Let's talk about ham radio operators. Ham radio guys, these guys love to do all kinds of amazing, crazy things. And they go out there, they put this big antenna, they got the big thing in there with this big mass, and they have concrete. And what they'll do is they'll put ground rods. I don't know if they put three or four ground rods all around that whole thing out there. And, and then what they want to do is they don't want to ground the cable that comes in and they don't want to ground the mass to the building. They want to keep it separate. That means that the cable coming in here is connected to this end of the earth and it goes inside and it goes into a very, very expensive piece of equipment and they wipe out their equipment. Mm. But they're thinking that, well, you know, I want to keep it separate. You don't have the lightning protection. People want to keep lightning protection terminals away from the electrical. And the sprinkler fire marshal guy, he wants to keep the sprinkler pipe away from the electrical. Well, the ham radio guys want to keep their ham radio away from the electrical. And all these people will genuinely care, and they're thinking they're doing the best thing they possibly can. So let's talk about what are you supposed to do. <clears throat> You're supposed to take that mass and connect it to where? In a system bonding terminal. You're supposed to take that cable that comes in over here, and you put it onto a ground block. And then you connect it to the inner system bonding termination. I mean, that's how it's supposed to be. Now, this is a discharge unit. That would have been for the satellite dish. Boom. Same thing on for the antenna here. And you'll have a discharge unit for the ham radio. Those guys will have the same thing. That's A1020. And here's how we connect it right here to the inner system bonding termination. Well, guys. I want to thank you for watching this video. And here's what I would suggest that you do. <clears throat> that was just an introduction to bonding and grounding. And I hope that, that you recognize that I have like so much more information I would love to tell you. But you know what? I couldn't tell you because you couldn't even understand it. So what I need you to do is go back and watch this videotape. You really need to get your code book out. I mean, we're just looking at that now. You got to get your code book out. You got to get my book out of bonding and grounding. You got to watch the video. You have to put it on pause. You got to get your code book and you got to read the code. Hear what Scott was saying, what different guys were saying. Look at my text, watch the video, and then underline and highlight everything. And that would be your second pass. And then you watch it a third time because now you've had some relationship with the code. See, we had an introduction kind of reviewing it. Now you watch a second time with the code book in my book. Then you watch it a third time pretty much just with your code book. And maybe you need to get my book because you're trying to try to figure it out. And now you have a book that's all kind of marred and twisted and turned and tabbed and highlighted and colored. And if somebody asks you a question, you are going to be amazing because you're going to have knowledge that almost hardly anybody in the electrical industry has. So uh, why don't you guys... Uh, Let's just give a closing statement. Eric, I'm going to go down the line. I want to thank each of you guys individually, first of all, and Jacob also. But, Eric, words of wisdom. Anything you want to tell anybody? Well, this is well, your last me, chance. Yeah, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, yes, I am. Yeah, we are. Well, uh, you know, you've, I've been doing this for a while with you, and I learn something new every time. And it's just it's exhilarating. You know, with this whole uh, NEV voltage, when I first saw that in your presentation in Coral Springs, I was just like a kidney candy store. I thought that's brilliant because it's a, a means of troubleshooting and figuring out and, and actually seeing what's going on. So making the invisible visible. Fantastic. Thank you. Scott? 
Yeah, I would say, you know, again, thanks for having me, Mike, uh, ha having me back again, like Eric said, there's always something to learn. And I hope that comes across, you know, among all of us so-called experts, you know. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's, there's always something to learn. There's always new things. And it's the blessing and the curse. You know, there's always more to know, which means there's always more to know. So don't, don't lose that, that thirst for wanting to know more and understand it better and get a better idea how things work. And read the book because it says what it says until it says something else. <laughs> Jessica Rabbit? <laughs> Jessica. Anyone? Jennifer? Yeah. So I would have to tag along and just make sure that uh, you're, you're reading the entire text. I yeah. think that a lot of us stop short at what we wanted to hear what we wanted to read, and um, we stopped reading at that point. But uh, as Scott had mentioned earlier, knowing what you're calling something, being very diligent about identifying what it is we want to do with it and moving forward very slowly to understand what the, what the requirements actually are is a good thing. And if anything else, this has just been a blessing for me to be, have the opportunity to be here on this panel with everyone. Um, I take it as an opportunity to learn and I crave the knowledge every day, so being with you guys is is like a kid in a candy store, for sure. Awesome. Thank you. We, we, you are blessing us all. We are yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's so cute. Yes, Brian. Um, effective ground fault current path. That's my uh, my thing. You know, make sure there's some way to clear the circuit. Make sure you can open the overcurrent protective device. I think uh, if you haven't got a mental image of what that looks like at this point, you need to go back to the beginning and watch the whole video again because <laughs> that is the one thing that you know all of the rules really are just trying to create a way to make it safe and you don't you can't make it safe if you can't clear a fault so uh, effective ground fault current path that's my my thing for my summary joel uh, i would like to thank you again uh this is incredible and i remember years ago reading stuff in the code that bothered me and until I finally decided to get involved. So if you want something changed, get involved. Yeah. And you'll make a difference and make the world a better place. Right. Absolutely. That's right. Um, I, you might or might not be aware that this has been live streamed over the last four days. And all our recordings are live streamed. And I have a separate laptop I use that people giving feedback. And we're continuously watching that and it adjusts us and gives us some insight. Uh, just a couple things I want to read before we close up here. One, one person said, was the motor GFCI protected? Remember the test I did in the pools? Well, we had a problem in my house actually doing the test because every circuit in my house is GFCI protected. We didn't know we had a problem until we tried to, tried to do some testing and like, crap. So we had to go out and buy a two-pole 50-amp breaker so that I can hook, I didn't want to hook it up to a 20 amp breaker because I don't know what's going to happen. So we put, had to buy a two-pole 50 amp breaker without GFCI protection so that we could hook everything up and we couldn't keep tripping everything, whether overloaded, whatever the case may be. Um, so, and, and GFCI protection doesn't protect against NEV and it doesn't protect against a ground fault if the GFCI fails. Next one was, well, Mike, how did, this is how did you build your knowledge based on this particular subject? You have to realize my entire career I've never had a mentor. I've never had anybody they can explain to me. And I just lay there and I'm thinking at nights and hour, for hours and hours and hours. And I remember thinking, okay, how do you check a pool structure? How do you check a pool deck? How do you check a pole out in the middle of a field? How do you check an RV? I mean, 
how do you do that with, I mean, I didn't know, understand how to do that. And because of my 45 years of learning slowly pieces here and going to schools on utility grounding and learning things and getting all these pieces. And as you acquire information, you'd be surprised at the, use, the useless information you've acquired over your life. And in my case, my brain might think a little bit different than other people. And I always have this information always there. And all of a sudden laying in bed, I'm thinking, I know NEB voltage is getting you shocked in the pool, right? I know I can measure, because I can measure from the deck to the water, right? I, I, I knew that. First time I touched it, till I got shocked. Then I realized, okay, and eventually I'd learn at the guy's house. Actually, the cop, he was a cop in Westchester. He's the one who showed me he measured the voltage because he doesn't know any better than, hey, I got shocked. He gets a voltmeter and he measures a little thing, you know, shows one or two or three volts. And I'm like, oh, wow. But I didn't tie that in about measuring for light poles. I didn't tie that in about measuring structural steel for probably 15 years later. And then slowly it's built and built and built. And hopefully I present it to you guys in a way they're like, obviously it makes pretty sense like that. So that's how my process is. Being. And then of course you see me getting in the pool and those things because I have to know. So bonding and grounding. Man, I'm having a great time.